0: Welcome back, you health renaissance people. Okay, today, six keys for the solution of thyroid and adrenal fatigue. It's so wild when you look at the, the thyroid. Okay, so let's take a look at it. Oh, and also, too, this uh, be broadcast um, live through its entirety on the DrBVIP.com site. And those that are supporting it, God bless you. And Extreme Health Academy, God bless you guys for being here as well. Um, now, the keys, okay, number one key is stress. And there's only three stressors, physical, chemical, and emotional. Got to deal with those babies directly. Number two, gut health. And we're going to go into how important that is. Um, then detoxification. You're going to find out that you're exposed to a huge amount of of um, things that are like uh, the raw materials for the thyroid, and things that are um, are similar but actually toxify your system. And then specific nutrients for it, thyroid support uh, supplements and food, and su- supplements for adrenal fatigue. So let's let's get into it now. When you look at it, Huffington Post put in an epidemic, and this was from 2017. 60 million Americans, mostly women, have some type of thyroid problem. Okay, now what what do these people experience? You're looking at anxiety, achiness, muscle weakness, fatigue, weight fluctuations, hair loss, carpal tunnel syndrome, constipation. Gosh, it sounds like my ex-wife. Okay, no, this is – it's – it's horrible. See, the symptoms are real, but the medical system is completely ignoring that, that these are symptoms for a reason. There's actually a purpose behind them, and so we're going to solve that. Uh, now, when you look at this, you're, you're a thyroid. You've got certain things that maintain your body's metabolism, and metabolism is how you break down and build up cells now your thyroid burns iodine like a car burns gas the problem is there's a lot of chemicals out there that um are like iodine and that's what the the thyroid burns but aren't like iodine okay and this is going to be fluoride and bromine and um chlorine now it's interesting back in the 1800s they would use fluoride as a medical intervention for a hyperthyroid. Just, just think of Marty Fellman with the bulging eyes, that's a hyperthyroid. So they would actually prescribe fluoride to reduce it. Now, the problem is, um, it, this is um, up until the 70s, scientists and yours were prescribing fluoride to reduce the BMR, the basic metabolic rate of an overactive thyroid. And it's weird because just a very small amount, we're talking two to three milligrams of fluoride, can reduce the thyroid activity. Now, the problem is, if you're getting things like Coca-Cola or fluorides even in milk or in Wheaties, okay, sometimes these can massively exceed those doses. I know you think fluoride in toothpaste, but no, they fluoridated the water. So fluoride is literally inside of almost everything. Now, iodine is one of the key components for for thyroid um, hormones. Now, it's interesting, iodine deficiency is absolutely linked to breast cancer, but there are so many things that are close to fluoride, like chlorine, fluoride, and bromine. They're all halides, and so they compete. Now, it's interesting, bromine, uh, well, uh, up until 40 years ago, Iodine was used to uh, to raise bread doughs, used in in um, some flowers, bakery goods, even soft drinks. But now, um, the, they're using bromine. And this is completely toxic. I mean, bromine's been banned in the UK and Canada. It's still here, but it's found in plastic pesticides, fire retardants, and this is why when we we work with somebody with a low-functioning thyroid, we make sure that they're aware that chlorine, fluorine, and bromine are around. Now, when we look at the Mayo Clinic, uh, what do they say? They say hypothyroid or a low-functioning thyroid uh, is when the thyroid b- fails to produce it. And what do they say is the most common cause of hyperthyroidism? It's Hashimoto's. Okay, now you might say, well, okay, well, what causes Hashimoto's thyroiditis? Now, itis means inflammation, or it's inflammation of the gland. So when you look at this, what do they go on to say? Um, Doctors aren't entirely sure why the immune system, which is supposed to defend the body um, from harmful viruses and bacteria, turns against healthy body tissues. Okay, um, that's ignorant. Okay, it doesn't turn against healthy body tissues. Okay, what happens is that if you have a leaky gut, so this is a sick person in a chronic inflamed state, if you have unproteins that aren't tempered by digestion, particularly gluten and caseins, and this is going to be dairy and um, grains, and then if they're not tempered by digestion and they're in the bloodstream because of a leaky gut, then the body's going to mount antibodies to it. And then those antibodies, when their production is up, the thyroid's going to be down because it's going to slow down the thyroid. And antibodies don't last forever. So when the thyroid production is low, then then the thyroid can bounce back. That's why Hashimoto's is both a hyper and a hypo. So it's too much functioning and too little. Uh, and again, just to label it and not come up with what the problem is. So let's look at how the thyroid works. Okay, first off, you have a pituitary. And the pituitary is a master gland. It, it, it controls a lot of different functions. And it's going to secrete a thing called TSH, or thyroid-stimulating hormone. And this is going to cause the thyroid to work. Except you might say, well, how does the pituitary know? That's a good question. You have the hypothalamus. Now, the hypothalamus is a unique organ. It has one foot in in the hormonal side, one foot in the nervous system or electric side. So you've got this, this hypothalamus, which is blending the hormonal and the electrical systems. Now, where does the hypothalamus get its information to control the pituitary? Um, well, that comes from the spine. So that means that there is a, a feedback loop, an, um, an information coming into the brain through the spine. And this is going to be all the sensory data, like are you in a stress state or relaxed state? Because you have this balance between the thyroid and adrenals. If you're in a healthy metabolic state and you're not in a stress state, then your thyroid is going to be active. If you're in a stress state, that's going to be a stress metabolic state, and then the adrenals are going to be um, active. So you have this balance between the hypothalamic and um, the pituitary, and then it controls the adrenal and thyroid. And they call it the hypothalamic-pituitary-adrenal axis. So it's it's interesting that this is common. Now, instead of, you know, and this is where we talk about downstream, if you have a problem with the thyroid, what does the chiropractor do? He's going to look at the central nervous system, which communicates to the hypothalamus, which controls the pituitary, which is going to control the thyroid. A chiropractor is going to look at the central nervous system, going to measure the autonomic system to make sure that you have the right nerve supply and right integrity of tissue. So hugely important. Now, um, when we look at what cortisol is, now cortisol is secreted under stress. It's fantastic anti-inflammatory. But if you've ever had weight in the belly seat and thighs if you've ever dieted and have never been able to lose weight because you got weight in the belly seat and thighs that's a cortisol mediated distribution of fat now cortisol is amazing now this is secreted by the adrenal glands for you to adapt under stress and when you look at it in a short in short term um, it levels bl- blood sugar out. It helps fat, protein, and carbohydrate metabolism. Helps your immune system. Has anti-inflammatory act- actions. Regulates blood pressure. Um, vital for central nervous system activation. Now, um, it's interesting if it's if cortisol, because it's only supposed to be there short term. Long term, so this is a stress hormone. So if you have long-term cortisol, look at depression, lupus, migraines, menopause, diabetes, aging, multiple sclerosis. They all have increased production of cortisol levels. Uh, Why? Well, it decreases bone density, sleep disturbances, shuts down muscle mass, lowers immune system, slows wound healing, increase abdominal fat. So cortisol is absolutely essential in the short term and deadly in the long term. So knowing that we have this balance between cortisol, which is secreted by the adrenals, and the thyroid, which is gonna be a healthy non-stress metabolic response. So we have this balancing act, okay? Now, so when cortisol is high, thyroid's low. When the thyroid's high, cortisol is low. So what kind of things raise cortisol levels? Well, low function thyroid. So does that mean that the fluoride, chlorine, and bromine exposure or nutrient deficiencies such as, um, you know, uh, low iodine intake, um, you're not eating a lot of seaweed, you're not eating a lot of shellfish. Okay, what else raises cortisol? Inflammation. Now, inflammation is not a disease attacking you. It's from tissue damage. So if you have a lot of tissue damage because of an unhealthy lifestyle, you're going to have elevations in cortisol. Then stress, you're going to see, um, oh, I just had some here that we talked about. Vaccinations, because vaccinations do um, trigger a Th2 or an inflammatory response. Um, And so that is something that um, you have to look at. Uh, Now, in our society today, here, I'm just putting this in there so um, we can have this video up because if I put vaccines in the slide instead of a Th2 response or inflammatory response, um, they'll wipe out the slide or they'll actually wipe out the entire talk. Now, so what kind of things lower cortisol? So if cortisol is good in the short term, but long-term it causes damage, what lowers cortisol? Healthy thyroid function. Um, vegetables, healthy water. I mean, So that's just a healthy diet. What helps your thyroid? Well, we're looking at a healthy gut, so that means good fermented foods and good food. Um, low cortisol, so that means you're going to have less of an adrenal dominant state. Healthy food, healthy water, and low stress. Now, what lowers thyroid function... Now, remember, you've got a balancing act. Anything that lowers thyroid is going to have an elevation in cortisol. So stress causing high cortisol will lower the thyroid. Estrogen. So this means that if you're exposed to xenoestrogens or... And these are called endocrine disruptors. They're in glues, plastic, pesticides, food products. Um, Liver toxicity, fluoride, pesticides, stress medications and um, a TH2 response uh, or certain medical procedures that trigger a TH2 response. (laughs) God, to be politically correct now. Okay, now the thyroid hormones. Now, the the thyroid produces uh, T2, T3, T4 and calcitonin. Now, when you're looking at this, the thyroid produces T4 and T3. Now, you've got a whole bunch more T4 to T3. It's like a 20 to 1 ratio. Um, but the T4 is converted to T3, which is four times more important than T4. Now, it's converted to this in the liver, intestines, kidneys, and lungs. And, and it's done this because that T3, T4 are bound to this protein called thyroid binding globulin, and it goes to the liver, intestines, kidneys, and lungs to have that conversion. Uh, so what are the real causes of, of hypothyroid? Well, when you're looking at nutritional def- deficiencies, um, heavy metal exposure, and that's going to be heavy metal from industrial or injections, uh, adrenal stress, uh, enzyme deficiencies, So this means if you're eating a lot of packaged foods, that's going to cause a low-functioning thyroid. Um, Chronic illness will cause a low-functioning thyroid. Oxidized PUFAs, polyunsaturated fatty acids. So this is going to be canola oil, soy oil, vegetable oil, uh, safflower oil, sunflower, walnut oil, um, processed food additives. All of these things can lower that hypothyroid. And also, think of this, the, it's, the T4 is converted to T3 in the liver, intestine, kidneys, and lungs. So does that mean somebody with a chronic ulcerative colitis or an intestinal issue that they're going to have a poor conversion of T3 or T4 to T3? Absolutely. Um, what if somebody is in a chronic stress state and their blood becomes thicker, which is one of the responses to stress that the body does? then the kidneys are not going to be able to transfer that T4 to T3. So so if you're looking at all the stressors, when we talk about physical, chemical, and emotional stress, those are the contributing factors. Now, um, what produces excess estrogens? Where do you get it? If you get excess estrogens, okay, you're talking fibroid formation, endometriosis. Uh, low-functioning thyroid, migraines, mood swings, uh, higher risk of stroke. Well, where do these estrogens come from? Plastic cookware, water bottles, hormones in meats, foaming agents, and this is going to be in shampoos and things, cosmetics, birth control pills, spermaticides, pesticides. So when we know that, that it's affecting a majority of women in America, we can see why based on that. Now, when you look at omega ratio, and omega-3s to 6, is that ratio is so vitally important. Now, normally, a healthy diet is going to have a 1-to-1 or 3-to-1 ratio. When you have high omega-6 ratios, um, then in a low omega-3, then you start to see disease rates. Now, a healthy diet is 1-to-1 or 3-to-1, omega-6 to omega-3. Disease actually starts at 8 to 1 ratio of omega-6 to 3. And so you can actually read this on the packages. The problem is America di- American diet is 20 to 1. I mean, our diet is almost guaranteed to, to cause toxicity and disease. This is why our population is not healthy. Now, corn oil, which is one of the seed oils that is incredibly toxic, okay, it's a 60-to-1 ratio. I mean, you need sulfuric acid. You need a big chemical process to get oil from corn. Safflower oil. This is why seed oils are not good for you. 77-to-1. Um, so, so remember that omega-6-to-3 ratio is dangerous, Now, some of these, like corn oil or peanut, cottonseed, canola oil, they can be as much as 201. So what do we do? We've got to clean up the system. And how do you do it? Let's look at juicing versus eating. Uh, Now, when you eat a raw carrot, you're able to assimilate about 1% of the beta carotene because you've got a masticator to chew it up a lot. When a carrot is juiced, removing the fiber, you're getting about 100% of the beta carotene can be assimilated. And that's beta carotene. Helps clean the lungs. Why are the lungs so important? That's a blood filter. And when you're talking uh, healthy thyroid and healthy adaptation, you need healthy blood filters. Now, Um, juicing separates the heavy fibers from the soluble fibers or from the uh, liquid fibers. And these soluble fibers can get in the arteries and literally start to clean them out. Um, When you look at cleansing the kidneys, um, what kind of things do this? Well, cleansing herbs, stinging nettles, burdock root are really good. High antioxidant fruits. So look at berries, blueberries, blackberries, poison berries beets are amazing now beets will turn your poo and pee red so that'll be a little freaky but incredibly good and then look at seaweed, lemon juice, spinach Um, it it seems too simple to clean the blood filter but you have to now one of the things that's super important and this is if you have somebody with chronic um, stress hormones or chronic states of stress uh, in order to Calm down the adrenal gland and cortisol. Uh, you, there's a miracle. It's like an antidote. It's B3. Now B3. This is um, probably one of the most important um, things that you could do. Uh, it's it's a vitamin. Okay, and and what's interesting? It's called niacin. Now, why is niacin so important? Well, niacin gives a huge flush. It's also what we give, uh, there's a niacin protocol flush from orthomolecular psychology, psychiatry for people that have anxiety and stress. It's like one of the greatest things in the world. But that niacin flush is so gosh darn important, and it literally... Um, your skin's going to turn red. You're, you're going to get a little itchy for about half hour to 45 minutes. And look at the results of it. But it is amazing for brain function. Now, when we, when we look at um, how to correct your body, you're looking at physical, chemical, and emotional stress. And I know it seems too simple to, to think that, that, wait a second, it can't be that simple, that, that when you're talking a healthy thyroid, you mean the iodine um, j- changing the nutrients. That means changing your sleep patterns. That means looking at your central nervous system. That means proper nutrition, sufficient rest, and prayer and meditation. Uh, it's, it seems that that is too simple of a process to, to get your thyroid healthy. Well, number one thing, look at this. Your thyroid is not in an isolated environment. It's not um, stuck somewhere in, in, on a shelf. And with our reductionist thinking in, in the medical world, they're looking for the, the thyroid issue or the, the organ issue or the endocrine issue or the, the this issue so they can give that medication. When your thyroid is directly connected to your lungs, it's directly connected to your brain, your central nervous system, your digestion. Heck, if I step on your toe, um, your fight or flight system kicks in and that's going to suppress the thyroid. If you're watching the news and you're getting all that good propaganda and you realize it's propaganda and you're frustrated because you used to have a free media, yes, that's going to activate the adrenals and suppress the thyroid. So boiling down the whole thing, there's the six things that you need to do is, number one, look at um, the physical, chemical, emotional stressors. That's huge. Then you look at um, gut health. That means healing the gut. That means uh, looking at your nutrients, looking at um, healthy gut flora. Detoxification. This could be as simple as oral detoxification where you're doing juicing and blending. Fantastic. And then specific nutrients like iodine. Um, Look at um, healthy minerals. Look at um, uh, supplements are going to be vital. Uh, We're going to have Dr. Tony is going to be speaking with us tonight. And um, he has got just some amazing, amazing um, supplements. For for me, supplements are vital as long as you're addressing the physical, chemical, emotional stressors, which is hugely important. And then look at the regular exercise. What does exercise do? It angiogenesis. It builds blood vessels. It um, expands your lung capacity. It detoxes your system. Regular exercise is huge. And when we say proper nutrition for the thyroid, it's not just eat shellfish or seaweed. okay. Look at fermented foods, look at niacin, look at um, uh, antivirals, antimicrobials like garlic, onions, Uh, chia seeds are amazing. I mean, literally, your diet, if you eat the same way as your great-great-grandparents, you're probably going to be right on and you're going to have enough nutrients. Because, frankly, if you eat packaged, processed foods or genetically modified foods or foods soaked with glyphosate, you're not going to be living that long. And then for a healthy thyroid, look at deep sleep protocols. Um, And this is when you're, you're literally not getting up to pee. You're getting all this rest. And that's when your body regenerates. So... Um, realize the thyroid is not a problem. It's going to be a canary in the coal mine. It's going to be the alarm, the wake-up call, that the stress is negatively affecting how your body regenerates. <sighs> this is Dr. John Bergman, your health advocate, and I encourage you to keep questioning authorities. And we're going to have another round of, um, of authoritarian takeover Uh, It's time that we take our world back. Uh, So come at people with love. Come at people with understanding. And the truth will win out. God bless you all. This is Dr. John Bergman. I love you. And um, if you read the end uh, of the books, uh, the good guys win. Have a great day.